and welcome to this week's message from Ed Carter, Senior Pastor at Valley Church. Catch up on recent messages and find out what's happening in the life of church by heading to valleychurch.eu or follow us on social media. Enjoy the message. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are here. Father, I thank you that you love each person in this room. You love them enough to die for them on a cross over 2,000 years ago. You still love us today. As we, we like to say, you like us as well as people. You created us on purpose just to be the way that we are. Father, we thank you for all these things. And Father, we pray and ask that you would speak to each individual in this place tonight. Father, those who know you, speak light and truth, correction. Father, if there's so many here who don't know you or don't know you yet, Father, we pray that you'd reveal your presence to them if you haven't done already, that they may know, that they may sense that you are here in this place and that you long to get to know them if they would just allow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? That would be great. Well, a massive welcome to everybody, everybody online, great to have you. And uh, I was teasing, I was saying to the guys beforehand, stop going online and come here. But the thing is, some of you are probably in Ireland, which is quite a long way, right? So thanks for watching wherever you are and for some of this crowd here who've traveled, wherever you travel from, thank you so much for coming. We hope you enjoy the service. But more than that, our prayer is that you do sense there's more to life than just the physical, there is a God and he loves you and to all the regulars. Thank you for coming. It would be really quiet without you. So that's all great. And um, I just want to apologize to start off with if I'm a bit lame this evening. I uh, went for a, a walk with my brother on Friday in preparation for the, um, the big 21-mile walk for Over Justice. And uh, we went from, does everybody know where Parlick is? Parlick, Longridge, that and that's it. We walked all the way, all the way over the tops of the hills, all the way to Abbeystead. We did just over 16 miles, and um, I have a few blisters on my feet, so uh, it's, it's a little sore. It's a little sore. Where's Where's Andy? He's Andy about somewhere. Oh, he's in the foyer. Ah, oh, there we go. Andy's worse than me, even though he's 12 years younger. I can say that because he can't answer back. So we're all good. It's not true. There we go. There he is. I think something to say about that. The other thing I want to say is more serious. I, I really believe that everybody in this space tonight is here for a purpose. I think God has gathered us because he wants to say something to you. Not to your neighbor. Not to Phil and I. Not to somebody else, but to you. And perhaps for some of you, it's your first time in church for a long time, if ever. But God has got you here because he wants to say something to you, something unique. And for those of us who know him, he wants, to, he wants to, as it were, move you on in your Christian faith from where you've been into another place. Well, I kind of like the Bible, so this is what we're going to use for the evening. And um, occasionally you come across stories in the, in the Gospels that are only in once. They're only in once. And I want to have a look at one of these stories tonight. And when you look at these stories and they're only in once, you should ask the question, 
Why have they put it in? If nobody else has put it in, it can't be that good, right? So why has this author put it in this gospel? So we're going to uh, turn to Luke chapter 17, and I'm going to start reading at verse 11 through to 19. And the, the idea is, is to ask the question, well, why is this story here? It says this. Now, remember, this is a real story. This isn't a made-up story. This is a historical story. When Luke was written, it was everybody's fresh. History was fresh. You could go and talk to the people who'd been about at the time. It wasn't like Luke could con everybody because somebody could go and say, well, did this actually happen? And so this is what Luke records um, as a, a story about Jesus. It says this, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Galilee was a, a Jewish part of Israel. Samaria was full of Samaritans, and the Jews didn't like Samaritans. They kind of synchronized the Jewish faith with other faiths, polluted it, and the Jews didn't like that. And there was a great, as it were, animosity. It didn't like didn't fight against each other, but there was hatred. Is probably slightly too strong a word, but it was close to that. And it's significant that he's walking on this kind of border for the next bit. As he was going into a village on this border, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Leprosy was a skin disease and people with leprosy were, were cast out. They were put in their own little colonies in private places so they didn't infect everybody else. And significantly, leprosy colonies were just made up of lepers. You could be a Jewish leper. You could be a Roman leper, you could be a Samaritan leper, it didn't matter. You got chucked out. So this would be a mixed group, a mixed group of lepers. Some Jews, some Samaritans, and perhaps maybe other uh, people from elsewhere as well. And these ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, obviously he had leprosy and so on, to respect Jesus, and called out to him in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they followed Jesus' instructions, they were clean. They were, they were healed. They were, their skin was restored to perfect health. And amazing. In fact, unless anybody wants to correct me, the only multiple healing miracle, I think, recorded in the Bible. I don't think Jesus ever does ten at once. Ten at once, it's like. Anyway, um, and they were all cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. I want quickly, if you do notice, six, six things about this story, but I promise to be super fast. The first one is this. There was 10 men who came. Verse 12, 10 men came. Presumably, in the leprosy colony, somebody said, oh, Jesus is on the way. You know, Jesus, the, the teacher, he's done some miracles. We're here. Obviously, they wouldn't have been because they're stuck in the colony, but they'd heard about Jesus. And presumably, one person said, shall we go and find him? And we don't know how big the colony was, probably more than 10, though. But nine other 
individuals said, okay, what have we got to lose? Let's go and see if we can find Jesus. So these, these 10 came to find Jesus from the leprosy colony. All hopeful. So 10 came. Secondly, all 10 of them asked Jesus for something. They didn't kind of turn up and go, nah, can't be bothered, and go back to the colony. All 10 asked Jesus the same question, have pity on me. Luke records it as us, but trust me, all of them were saying, have pity on me. I'm sure they cared for the other nine people, but they were particularly interested in themselves, right? Because let's face it, we're all a bit selfish that way. If we're ill, men, man flu, do we really care about anybody else when we have man flu? No, it's all about me. I want to get better, don't really care, I just want to get better. And I'm sure they felt the same thing. So all ten of them asked. They asked to be healed, but they asked for pity. Because what they really wanted was not just to be healed, but out of their sorry situation. Because they were in a leprosy colony. They were poor. They were, uh, they were probably going hungry. They had to beg for the food, just rely on generosity. If that didn't come, they'd literally starve. It was probably not very sanitary, if that makes sense. It, it wouldn't be a pleasant place to live. They were outcasts. They were waiting to die. By either the illness itself or by a secondary infection. And they were saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on where we are. Can you please do something about it? And then I want you to notice that all ten of them did as Jesus said. All ten of them did as Jesus said. They, it, Jesus just said, well, go and see a priest. Now, we're not quite sure how he said it. He could have said it, you know. Why don't you go and see a priest? I could have said it. Ah, go see a priest. Like, go away. I don't want to know you. Go and see a priest. We don't know. We kind of like to think the first, right? Because we're all nice people. But we don't know how Jesus said it. All we know he said is, can you go and see a priest? We actually said, go show yourself to a priest. So all ten of them did as they were instructed. Why? Well, they had nothing to lose. What was the worst going to happen? They're going to walk to the priest, find out they still had leprosy, and then walk back to the colony. So nothing to lose, right? It won't sense. So they just, all of them said, okay, and then went. All ten, on following Jesus' instructions, were healed, without exception. All of them had pity. All of them were restored. Amazing, right? I wonder when they, I wonder when they discovered it. I mean, we don't know how far the priest was. Was he like 10 miles, 2 miles, 50 miles? But somewhere along that journey, somebody must have noticed that perhaps their finger that was half gone was fully restored. Because that's what happens in leprosy. Or somebody maybe noticed the nose that was kind of disfigured and a bit manky, looked clean and fresh and whole again. Somewhere along the way, all of them stopped and went, wow! Look at me, because let's face it, we're all selfish. Look at me, I'm better. And then, how are you? Because that's how we live, isn't it, really? Yeah, always look at ourselves. Anyway, and um, at some point along the journey, all 10 went, wow, we're healed. Nine of them were eager, eager to get on with their new lives. Because that's what I'm doing. So they carried on because then they had to go through some Old Testament ceremonial cleaning rituals like killing various things and being cast with hyssop water and all sorts of things, right? So they had some things they had to do before they could leave the colony and get on with their lives. And they were keen to do it. Who could blame them? 
Who could blame them? They were keen to, to get out of the poverty and all the misery they'd been in and get in life. One was happy to wait. And fifthly, let's know that only one of them, one of them went back to thank Jesus for the miracle. But more than that, I believe, he went back to find out more about Jesus. He wanted to go, well, who is this guy? And he was thanking God, even though he's a Samaritan. And, and he was thanking God. And he went back because he wanted to know more about Jesus. He wanted to say thank you, but also to beat his feet, to learn something more about him before he then saw the priest and presumably carried on with his life. Because he did that, Jesus, as you would have noticed, said this, rise and go, he says to this one man. Your faith has made you well. And all the commentators said the same thing. He'd already been healed. So Jesus wasn't saying, you know, your faith's going to heal you. That was already done. All the commentators say this. In that moment, this man received salvation. He received eternal life. His gift for going back recognizing who Jesus was and wanted to know more about him was a gift of eternal life. And I don't, we don't know how long he stayed with Jesus. We don't know how long the conversation went, but presumably eventually went to the priest and did the ceremony cleanly. And uh, who knows, we, we kind of presume in my head that on the day of Acts, the day of Pentecost, he'd be one of the 120 or one of the 3,000. He was one of the first believers, but that's just me conjecting into the future. But the sixth thing, to have a look at and note is Jesus's response. Now, some people think that Jesus was meek and mild and loving and always said nice things. Luke records he was ticked. He was seriously annoyed. Just listen to some of the things that Luke records. I mean, how did Luke know? Well, Luke knows because some of the disciples around Jesus heard him. They heard him actually say these things. And we're not... All ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? I don't know what he said after that, but it should have been something after that. Like, and then he said, um, was no one found among them to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Is there no Jews? No God-fearing people? Where are all they gone? Just this one. This one. I'm so annoyed. And he was annoyed. There's a reason he was annoyed. And I'll come back to that in a second. But know these six things. All ten came, all ten asked, all ten left as instructed, all ten were healed, but only one came back. And because of that, Jesus, I suggest, was a little, I put in my notes a little frustrated, but I think he was quite ticked that only one of them came back. Tonight, there's probably something like 140 in this room. Ish. I haven't counted you all, so I'm not quite sure, but around maybe 140 men and women, you've come. Whether you know it or not, you've come to find Jesus. Somebody in your life, this crowd of this side, they were called Phil or Eilish, asked you to come, right? They suggested and you said yes, so you're here. For a lot of us in this room, it was a long, long time ago that somebody asked us to come to church. It could have been our parents way before we knew that we could say no, and we came. <laughs> You've come, some of you, because you want to know more about Jesus. Hear about his teachings and his miracles. Hope for a miracle yourself. Some of you come, you're not sure, but 
I want to suggest that you've come somewhere, somehow, because something in church is drawing you to come here. All of us are hoping that the evening will be good, that the speaker won't be too long. That's especially if it's your first time here and you've just come from feeling out. You're kind of, well, I hope this guy isn't too long at the front, because let's face it, sermon's going to be boring, and they can, it's true. So, you know, maybe too long. But we're hoping that something will happen that'll be good. Our hope is that you'll have an encounter with God. But you've all come. You've all come, right? You're all here. Right, these 10 lepers come up, they all went, you're all here. All of us, as those lepers, have an opportunity to ask Jesus something. They knew what they wanted. They wanted the leprosy in their situations fixing. That's, they knew what they wanted. You, you might not know what you want. You might not even thought about it until I asked the question. Oh, you know, if God is here, what do you want to ask him? You might want to say, well, God, are you real? Do you really exist? Good question to ask. Will you reveal yourself to me? Are you interested in me? You might want to say, Jesus, if you're here, it's the more to life than just living and then dying. It's a life after death. That would be a great question to ask if Jesus is in the room, right? Or you might say, well, actually, can he heal me? Michelle and I, I know this in the room often talk to people who don't know Jesus, far from Jesus, but when there's something wrong, if you say, can we pray for you? It's amazing how many people say, well, I have nothing to lose. Yes, please, please pray for me. I was actually speaking to a woman this morning at Lancaster, and uh, last time I was there, I, uh, she said, can you pray? She had arthritis in her hand, it was really sore. And I prayed for her and she just came up to me this morning and said, I just want to let you know, Pastor Ed, the arthritis hasn't gone completely, but my finger doesn't hurt anymore. And I just want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for praying for me. Perhaps that's you, you're saying, well, Jesus is here. Then can he heal me? Can he, can he help me in my depression? Can he change my circumstances? Can he give me hope? Or you might have the question, God, I want to meet you. I want to know you. All of us have an opportunity to ask Jesus something. All of us in this room have it because you're here and God's here. The question is, have you asked it? Will you ask it before you leave? Then all of us have a chance to follow Jesus' instructions. Think about Jesus' instructions. They're always really simple. People think Christianity is complicated. It's not. It's really simple. What did the, the lepers have to do? It wasn't very complicated, was it? Just go find a priest. Oh, I can do that. You know, imagine this country, go and find a minister. Well, that's easy. There's ministers everywhere. Every church you go to, there's a minister. And that's basically what Jesus said. Really simple instructions. And um, I want to challenge you. You know, if you ask Jesus a question, are you willing to follow simple instructions? It could be simple as go to church next week and find out some more. Or go and talk to a friend about it. Or just believe that you healed. Trust him. Whatever it is, like these ten, who decided probably they had nothing to lose but to go and find the priest and hope that something would happen on the journey. They followed instructions. All ten did it. As all ten did it, all got a miracle. All of them got a miracle. And the thing is about asking Jesus questions when, he's, when you're in his presences, God can give miracles to all of us. 
nobody's excluded. Nobody's excluded. Because God knows you. He loves you. He likes you. He's actually interested in the big things and the small things of your life. Not just the death and eternity. He's bothered about ingrowing toenails. You know, the fact that your boss was a bit cross the other day. He's bothered about everything in your life. And he's willing to do miracles in every area. And I'm, before I finish, before I sit down, I'm going to give people an opportunity to say, to ask the question and then pray that God would give you a miracle. There might be some instructions with it, but that God would give you a miracle. And remember, these guys weren't Christians, right? These 10 lepers hadn't yet decided to follow Jesus. You don't need to decide to follow Jesus to ask Jesus for a miracle. You can ask beforehand. And God is gracious and amazing to grant miracles to those who don't yet know him, even um, though they might believe that he could do something in their life. Then, once you've, as it were, encountered God, God's done something. Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? There was 10 lepers got healed, but only one, only one came back to thank Jesus and find out more about him. Do you know, I always used to think when I was young, surely if God did a miracle in somebody's life, they would want to follow him. The Bible says that's baloney. It's just not true. It's just not true. For some of you in this room, maybe you don't know Jesus and maybe you'll pray something, ask God something and he'll answer it. Most of you won't go, thank you, God. You'll go, well, that was a fluke. That's amazing. I better go on with life. I feel better. Situations change, whatever it is. But the point of this story is this. Will you be the nine or will you be the one? Will you be the nine? This is what Luke's trying to say. Will you be the nine or will you be the one? Will you, when God does something, will he be the nine or will he be the one? And, you know, God wants each one of us to be the one. To be the one, the one that comes back and says, God, Jesus, I want to say thank you and I want to get to know more about you. I want to get to know more about you. I don't know everything about you. I know what you've done. I know some things, but I don't know. I want to get to know more about you. Something's changed. Something's happened in my life. Perhaps tonight you've been, you know, perhaps it's your first time in church, like I say. I don't know all the Philippines friends. I don't know how, 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 you know, whether you guys are all saved Christians, hate God or whatever. I have no idea. I don't even know already. But something might have happened in your life tonight in the worship that Melissa led so well and Jonathan and Carl. There's a different feeling that you've never felt before. That's God saying, Hi. Perhaps, perhaps during the prayer time you were praying, you thought, I've never prayed and really felt like my prayers were heard. That was God listening and saying, you know, I am here. I'm hearing your cry tonight. Perhaps it was in the, in the dedication with the, when, when everybody stood and you thought, wow, there's so many in this room believe that God is real and they're willing to bet their life on it and help Phil and Eilish raise their kid. And your heart was moved like, I wonder, even if you didn't want to, <laughs> there, was that, there was that kind of flash of, I wonder if it's true. And they thought, no, don't want that. Because you know the consequences of it. 
Are you going to be the nine that then just carries on with life? Or are you going to be the one that comes back and says, God, I need to get to know. I want to say thank you what you've revealed. Thank you what you've done. I want to get to know one. Which leads me to the sixth thing that I want you to notice. Jesus was slightly frustrated. It was only one came back. He was annoyed. Why was Jesus annoyed? Seems a bit un-Jesus-like, doesn't it? But he was annoyed, not because they didn't come back to say thank you. Jesus didn't need their thanks. He doesn't need our thanks. He's quite sufficiently happy all by himself. Do you know why he was annoyed? Because 10 people could have discovered who he was. 10 people could have had eternal life given to him. 10 people could have got to know God, but only one. Only one found the real thing that Jesus wanted to give him, which was eternal life, which was a hope for the future, which was a peace and joy that nobody else, nothing else could possibly give. That's why he was annoyed. He wasn't annoyed because he didn't come and say thank you. He was annoyed because there was so much more, so much more that he could give them and offer them hope and eternity in their life. And they missed it. They missed it. Where are the other nine? His heart cried. I have so much more to give them. I have so much more to teach them. I have so much more to offer. They need me far more than I need them. They need me and they've missed it. Or Jesus was frustrated because he knew that they needed him far more than he would ever need them. They didn't need just a life-changing miracle. They needed an eternity-changing miracle in their life. And only one of them got it. Just one came back. And Jesus said, your faith has made you. Your faith has healed and restored your soul, your inner workings. We know this because Luke hints at it in the next section. I just want to read the next. If, if you're not quite sure about a story, always read before and after. It'll give you some clues, right? Always give you some clues. And Luke wrote this after. So let's carry on reading. We stop reading at the end of verse 19. Let's carry on reading in verse 20. Luke records this. It said, once having been asked by the Pharisees when the, when the kingdom of God would come, the Pharisees were expecting a physical kingdom, a restoration of Israel, physically. Jesus replied this, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. You see, when God comes, his kingdom impacts the inside of your life, not the outside of your life. Well, that's not true. He does impact the outside of your life, but it's the consequences of what's going inside, not the other way round. You know, tonight, each one of us instinctively knows there has to be more to life than just this. Has to be. Surely we don't live a life and die into oblivion. Surely we're not just part of a pulsating universe that will just come and go and come and go and we have no significance at all. We can't just be a speck on a speck circulating a bright speck in a huge galaxy among many specks of galaxies that are scattered across the vastness universe that we can't possibly comprehend. There has to be more than that. Inside us, there's a kingdom. 
a kingdom of selfishness, which I've hinted at a few times, I think. Or, if you want, we can release ourselves to God and the kingdom of God come in and we can get the kingdom of God and get eternity and get restored and healed back in. Do you want to be the one or the nine? Well, I just want to pray. And I'm going to ask Dave to come up. And I'm going to pray that you would ask Jesus those questions. And he, you can already know Jesus to ask the questions. Or you don't need to know Jesus at all. You can still ask a question. You can ask for a miracle. You can ask for a revelation. Well, let's just close our eyes. If you're online, why don't you close your eyes at home as well or wherever you are. Close your eyes. It's not spiritual significance. It's just to avoid distraction. That's all it is. Father, I just pray for every person in this room as we quieten at the end of this message. Father, for those of us who know you, those questions and issues, healings, restoration we need, Father, help us to ask you now for those believing that you can do a miracle in our life. Father, for any in this room that don't know you, never known you, perhaps always presumed maybe you didn't exist or weren't interested or were just mystical. Father, I pray in this moment that they too may ask their, their questions. God, are you there? God, are you real? Or God, can you heal me? God, can you restore me? God, can you do that? Can you do something amazing like you did to those first lepers recorded in this? God, can you do this? If you would do this. So church, you ask those questions. You ask for those things that you'd love God to do right now, all across this place and at home. God, you've heard the whispers of every heart, of every mind. Father, I pray that you would reveal, that you would heal, that you would instruct. And Father, I pray with all my heart, help us not to be the nine. But Father, I pray that each one of us would be the one who comes back and asks Jesus for more, who comes with a thankful and grateful heart that he did something, he said something to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you've been impacted by it and would like to respond by choosing to follow Jesus, we'd love to help you to do that. One of our pastors would love to be in touch with you. Why not email response at valleychurch.eu or head to valleychurch.eu forward slash next steps to discover more. We're so excited for your future. Be blessed.